You may have heard on News Bulletin uh, this morning that police are investigating a, an incident in Carlisle where a man suffered cuts to his head after being hit with a bottle and another man was stabbed during a brawl. Another one of those stories that we report on nearly every day. I was interested to read the Chief Justice Wayne Martin writing an opinion piece in the West Australian saying, Crime and punishment, the true picture of how it works in WA, and his assessment that the community has the wrong impression of law and order. He says a general impression seems to exist that we're drowning under a crime wave of tsunami proportions that's being encouraged by pathetic sentences imposed by the judiciary. Nothing could be further from the truth. In a moment, I'm going to discuss some of the statistics that uh, uh, the Chief Justice brought forward as part of his argument with Dr David Indemau. But we did speak to Wayne Martin on this program a couple of months ago, and he laid out his concern about these misconceptions about the realities of crime in WA. There is a misconception out there about what's actually happening in our courts. What is actually happening in our courts is that, as I say, more people are going to prison for longer than ever before. And over the last uh, 15 years, people who go to prison are serving one third longer than they used to. So actual sentences served by everybody who goes to prison have actually increased quite significantly. And what I guess uh, concerns me is that there's a perception out there that mm. is exactly to the opposite. And I think, unfortunately, that's um, informing public policy. It's leading to uh, public outcries uh, that really aren't justified by the facts. Most people take the information that they use to form judgments from the media. Um, that's fine and that's, that's a good thing. But the media only report cases that are newsworthy. So by definition, the only cases that are going to be reported in the media are those that are newsworthy. And one of the things that makes a story about a court case newsworthy is an argument that the sentence that was handed down was lenient. So people might read or hear or see uh, 20 or 30 cases a year in which there's a reasonable argument that the sentence handed down was lenient. Those 20 or 30 cases have to be put in the context of the 80,000 penalties that are handed down in Western Australia a year that are quite uncontroversial and which never attract any media attention. So people unfortunately form a judgment about the entirety of the system based upon the cases that are almost self-selected as being arguably outside the normal range of, of sentences. Now the, the fact of it is that the judges and magistrates of Western Australia are imprisoning more people and for longer than ever before. The imprisonment rate in this state has doubled over the last 20 years. Um, it is the sixth highest in the world and it is the second highest in Australia. That was the Chief Justice Wayne Martin talking on this program a few weeks ago. Is he right then? Is the perception a long way from the reality? And I really, it, you know, this is a very subjective thing, but your opinion really matters on this. one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Are you worried about being a victim of crime? Do you have confidence that police can solve crime? Do you perceive crime to be increasing even though the reality is that it might not be? one three hundred triple two seven twenty. And who is responsible for this difference? This difference that the Chief Justice says, well, the media has a big role to play and there's no doubt that we do. I want to talk about some of the statistics that the Chief Justice brought forward with Dr. David Endemau from the Crime Research Centre at UWA. Dr. Endemau, good morning to you. Good morning, Jeff. In a couple of moments, we'll get on to a report that came out from the Australian Institute of Criminology last week, which is really interesting. But if we look at the figures in the West today, looking at areas homicide, assault, sexual assault, armed robbery, burglary, motor vehicle theft and other theft, 
between 1998 and 2007, so a 10-year period, effectively, the homicide rate has dropped 40%. The armed robbery rate has dropped 58%. Burglaries have dropped 45%. Theft from a motor vehicle has dropped 61%. And other thefts have dropped 13.5%. Very significant. Where it has changed is levels of assault are up 32% on those 1998 figures and sexual assault up 14% on those figures. The two areas where there has been a deterioration in that situation. Do you think that's one of the reasons why people appear so worried because they fear for their personal safety, even though the other statistics suggest murder rates, armed robbery rates, burglary rates are all down? Uh, with all those crime uh, indicators that you mentioned, one has to be very cautious. It, it, you know, although they're reported as measures uh, of crime, they are really just indicators of crime. The, there's only one of those crime measures that's the, where the report rate is up close to 100%. That's homicide, um, because we, we know about virtually all the people who are actually killed. With all the other offences, uh, the report rates vary. Less than uh, one in four sexual assaults are reported to the police and less than half of all assaults are reported to police. So with those, those crimes in particular, you get a distortion because just getting more people to report the offence to the police, or in fact the police becoming more efficient and recording more of the offences that actually occur, we'll see an increase in that figure uh, regardless of the actual um, change in the reality. So one has to be very, very cautious about interpreting these figures. They're not reality, they're just indicators of the extent of this um, crime in the community. So if we were, and this is, I'm being hypothetical and I don't know, if you were to change it from, you know, 1997 to 2000, 1998 to 2007, if you went 2005 to 2007, you'd get a different statistic which may well support an argument that says no wonder the community is concerned. Well, that's right. I mean, you can do a lot of things with statistics and, and uh, that's why I'm, I guess I'm trying first and foremost to try and create a sort of a, a picture that we don't actually over-interpret statistics. You, you know, the business of trying to interpret these indicators is a bit like trying to interpret the economy. You've got all these different indicators out there like, you know, FTSE and, and so forth. And from those indicators, you try and discern what's actually going on out there. Um, you know, and so I, I spend a lot of time, I'm sure we, we don't have that time on the program to go through all the statistics. The general reality is, not just in Western Australia, but throughout Australia and in fact throughout the rest, rest of the Western world, crime rates, volume crime, such as burglary, car theft, that sort of thing, has been dropping. So that's, that's the backdrop reality we're dealing with here. We've got volume crime is dropping, and in terms of personal violent crimes, the picture is a little bit is harder to interpret, but it's not in, certainly not increasing rapidly. The best kind of overall indicator is we've probably got a period of stasis, you know, something that's either dropping slightly or increasing slightly. The homicide figures, which is a gold standard indicator of the overall level of violence in the community, is basically static. Although those figures seem to be showing a drop, there's, I won't hold you up with going through the, the difficulties of interpreting homicide rates. Yes. But basically the overall picture you could say with homicide rates and, and violent crime rates is probably a static picture. So not, not increasing dramatically, not decreasing dramatically. Um, I think the, the, the corrective one needs to get here from this discussion is that 
if anyone's trying to tell you that the rates of violence in the community are skyrocketing out of control, that kind of thing, there's no evidence for that. Okay. At 13 minutes past nine, you're listening to Dr David Endemau from the Crime Research Centre at UWA. Why then, when the Australian Institute of Criminology released their report of last week, uh, and again, these are reports, they're surveys, they're, they're, I guess they're, they're broad assessments of what people believe. The report found, as you expect these days, people actually perceived crime to be increasing when it wasn't. Again, this is a common finding now. We've done these kinds of uh, surveys a number of times in Australia and overseas, similar countries, Canada, the UK, that sort of thing. We generally find this picture because about 98% of people in the population, the only source of information they have on crime and justice is the media. And so we have a, we have a kind of perfect storm, if you like, of uh, media talking up crime, politicians then jumping on the bandwagon and talking up crime. So you get this kind of uh, picture that crime's getting out of control. Both the media and the politicians have got something to gain out of talking up crime. So it's, it's left to people like the Chief Justice, unfortunately in this case, yeah. to try and actually give you some facts uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard job. I mean, my argument would be that, that really it should be the job of the government to try and give the public the facts. Yes. But unfortunately, there's too much to be gained out of um, talking up the crime issue for political electoral advantage. All right. Now, this will be an interesting little, little uh, litmus test, perhaps. I'd like to hear from you on 1300 222 720 if you've been reassured by what you've heard from Dr. David Indemar and the research that says essentially crime levels haven't gone up, some areas of violent crime have gone down, and that we know that people think it's increasing when it isn't, we overestimate the proportion of crime that involves violence, and then we underestimate the proportion of people who are charged and convicted and imprisoned. On the basis of what you've heard, and that's as close to the facts as I think we can get, are you comforted by that? Or are you more likely to be disturbed every time a television news bulletin talks to a, a desperately sad person outside a court who says, this is an outrage, there's been no justice, it's not fair? Dr. Indemar, are we going to be able to do anything to change that perception? I don't get an idea of the media getting any smaller. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, look, there's a couple of things one, one can do, and I... I tend to be optimistic. There are a number of institutions. I mean, I thought, I thought that the, the fact that the Chief Justice um, wrote the article in today's paper is, is, is a, you know, a fantastic thing because, uh, you, know, uh, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it does put the record straight and it comes from a Chief Justice. It's mm. very unusual we'd get an article like that from a Chief Justice. To his credit, he is very much a fellow on the front foot about this stuff, though, isn't he? There's no, I don't think you look at um, Wayne Martin and think, uh, you know, the ivory tower of judiciary. No, he's the new breed of Chief Justice. Spiegelman in New South Wales has been doing the same sort of job. In Victoria, um, they've got a Victorian Sentencing Advisory Council which routinely puts out information briefs about things, just recently like mandatory sentencing. So you get the facts about these things clear and plain and you know it's out there and the media can pick it up use it. So the, Because the media really depend also on getting factual information like we're discussing right now. I mean, your program's picked it up. I doubt whether many others will. But, I mean, it, you know, we, we can... If this information's made accessible to the media, you know, good media will pick it up. It's a, it's a function of a level of education in the population as well. I mean, as people get... Yeah, I, I look, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that whole thing, that if the media, as we know, is the main source of public information about crime and justice, where else can we go and learn stuff? 
Well, again, this is where the Victorian Sentencing Advisory Council have a fantastic website. So they put all stuff up on the web. I mean, we do need to have much better info on the web. Mm. Uh, state government supported, uh, funded, I'd say, so that people can actually look at their victimisation risk rates, for example. They can look at... All the information that the Chief Justice put in that article this morning should be instantly available to every citizen of this state so that they can quickly see what's happening with sentences in this state. Are we getting tougher? How are we doing, you know? And what's the, what's the crime rate doing? You know, this kind of information should be readily available to all citizens of the state. Yeah, because it's so important. Thanks for talking to us this morning. Okay, you're welcome. Dr David Endemau, I'd like to hear from you. Talk to Jeff now. one 720 And some, I can genuinely say there's more good news on this. According to, to the Australian Institute of Criminology, the majority of Australians are not very worried about being a victim of crime, have expressed confidence in police to solve crime and believe that crime is quickly responded to and that police act fairly. I hope that's encouraging. Hello, Mike. G'day, Jeff. How are you going? Yeah, good. Excellent, mate. Excellent. Uh, just in response to what you were saying before, um, now, whether it's there are more people going to jail or whether there's not more people going to jail... I know of a guy that I used to knock around with when I was a bit younger, and I know I shouldn't have, but I did. Yeah. He was arrested for burglary, aggravated burglary, more times than I could poke a stick at within a 12-month period. Yes. Not once was he sentenced to a jail term. Okay. Um, what, I, what I'm trying to understand is the statistics are saying that we're sending more people to jail, yes, mm. but is that due to an increase in, in like more, more jailable offences or... Or, or what is it? Is, is, is it just the public perception or what? Is it people committing more crimes? Is it police making more arrests? Mike, you've just thrown up one, and, and thank you. That's the example of someone's anecdotal story that has everyone... Because the anecdotal story beats the statistic all the time, I reckon. Absolutely. I mean, you use um, that, that policeman that, that uh, was part, partly paralysed not long ago. Yep. Just, just doing his job. Yep, that's and right. And, and it was full... I mean, I, I was absolutely disgusted by that. And the bloke that did it, he's run up from behind him. He, the poor police officer, never even seen it coming. And it's affected the rest of his life. And the bloke gets off with, with nothing. Mike, thank you. The other thing that played into that, of course, is that they were, we saw images. That was videotaped in a way that a generation ago it would never have been. And last night, as the chaser showed, you know, the power of, of the image uh, made that made their stuff last night to people even far more disturbing than our little radio version about it. Morning, John. Yeah, hello. Yeah, John, are you worried about the safety of your kids? Yeah, um, look, I, I just say growing up it was never a problem to, to go down the park and you know stay out until it was getting dark and, and kick around the football. And I think that um, uh, in today's society, what, what we hear a lot on the media is always about, you know, the the white vans at the schools. I know the kids have had notes sent home saying cautions. There's yep. a white van trying to take kids off the street. Um, what happened at the Canning Vale Shopping Centre and, you know, yes. where, where it seems that... Truly the, horrendous crimes, John. And, and the, I'm not... I don't, I don't suppose I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of those crimes happening because I, I, I don't, you know, always believe what, those, what the, um, the media reports. I mean, they only report on hype. But what I do see is that the younger generation um, being, you know, I suppose that 20-year-old generation and the younger one coming through have a total disrespect for any authority. And that's where we see our police officers being um, mistreated and general, you know, that you, you, would never, you would never have uh, abused a child um, or had a child abuse an adult or verbally abuse an adult where now we see 
three or four teenagers beating up on people. Let, let me ask you, John, how old are your kids? Uh, we've got 12, 10 and 9. Okay. Are they nice, respectful kids? They are, yes. Then they're going to be part of a generation that isn't like that generalisation that you spoke about, John. Well, they, they will because of the way that I bring them up. But, I but think most people bring their kids up well, John. I mean, I always argue this, and, and I know some people don't believe it, but I think I most think, of us I do. Think, I think part of the problem is, though, with what I call absent parenting. Yep. There's so many parents that both have to work. My wife doesn't. She stays at home. Yep. But there's so many parents that both have to work, mm-hmm. um, and, we, and the hours that we work, that we're not spending the time with our kids to make sure that we don't have that generation gap. And I think more so, like I said, those that are under 20 in that sort of teenage have grown up, you know, you've got single parents and you've also got those that aren't spending time with their children. I think that that's all to do with um, with, with work and that affects crime and that affects the... the it does. Uh, do you live in a nice neighbourhood, John? Um, yeah, I, I, I think so, but I, I still wouldn't let my kids play down at the park by themselves. That so. was the thing I'm interested in. I, I'm, I'm just thinking, do you live in a nice neighbourhood? Yes, do you I know, know your neighbours, go for a walk and give them a wave and on the basis yes. of that feel that you could send your kids down to the park to play? My particular neighbourhood, I do like my in my suburb, but the suburb next to me, I know there's a lot of crime, and those kids and those the people from that area do come across into our area, and yeah. if you like, there's a there's, you know that's why I don't trust it. Yeah. Not only that, but yeah, you, know, you, you don't know what suburb someone's going to drive by with and uh, and try and coax the child into a car or what have you. Okay. Even though my kids know not to do that. Sure, I, John, I, I'd say your yeah. concerns are very reasonable. I, I I think our fear of people in white vans is is a, again a great. Uh, um, you know, are, are there more white vans than there were 20 years ago? Uh, I don't know. We certainly report it. Uh, uh, almost hysterically, such is our anxiety about what they represent. Hello, Rob. Oh, hello, Jeff. Crime rates, Rob? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to um, put up the idea, because I'm one of the ignorant public that only learns through the media. So one of the other things we learn is places like Singapore and uh, you know uh, Japan uh, that seem to have... Uh, much harsher penalties from what we hear through the media, but they also have much lower crime crime rates. So, you know, I was just wondering, um, you know, why don't we adopt the same as those places do? Or is there is it just a lack of political will, or is there actually conclusive evidence that says that's not the way to go? Yeah, it's a real. Is there actually that information there? It's a re- it's a really good question. I guess people argue. You know, people go to Singapore and say, look, it's a, a safe, disciplined, good place. Why isn't Australia more like that? You know, culturally, we drink a hell of a lot more than Singaporeans do. Um, probably don't like the idea of uh, a government dict. You know, we don't like governments dictating to us here. The Singaporean government dictates many aspects of your life in Singapore, and uh, I just I, I can only assume that there's not not the enthusiasm for it. There's a call for it, but not the enthusiasm to. So the lack to, of political will then. But that lack of political will might be because they don't think people want us to live like that too. So if they, you know, you get people, police uh, spokespersons who are very tough in opposition, and then get into government and find it a bit different. Um, but, but what about just the harsher penalties? Is there the evidence there to say that the, that harsher penalties won't work like it, they seem to work in those other places? Um, I don't know. I don't know, Rob, because it's a, one of these discussions that people have been having for years and, that, and then you start asking questions about the merits of capital punishment as a, a, a means by which you, you cut crime rates. Um, I'm not sure, not sure there's evidence in the United States that that's true. 
It's good that you okay, ask the maybe, questions, Rob, because they're really good questions. Well, maybe there's another question there. Is, is the penalties that we have at the moment, are they enough to be a deterrent? I mean, especially underage offenders. The, are the penalties really enough to deter them from their crimes? Or is the, fa- is the figures on re-offending evidence mm. to say that it's not? Mm. And what do we do with those young people? We have to have juvenile facilities for them because they're not of an age where I think the community would be happy to see them locked up in adult prisons. Do you know what? Being um, prisons minister and having anything to do with the corrections portfolio must be one of the most uh, unpopular jobs in government because you're on a loser because I don't think the community um, are interested. Yeah. So the perception's there that um, it's not working or is it what they're currently doing is working? Well, I think a lot, well, a lot of people are, uh, express their concern. Talkback Radio is a great environment for people to say how angry they are about things. But um, is it a gauge of a, a broad community view? <laughs> Sometimes. That's why we want more of you to ring in.